Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Thanks again for listening. If you haven't hit subscribe, make sure you do. You don't want to miss awesome episodes like the one that's coming up. It's absolutely amazing. So if you're in your car to work, or your car heading to work, or if you are uh, you know, listening to this on your run, uh, or if in the middle of the day, whatever, right? Wherever you're at while you're listening to this, make sure that you uh, that, that you have some time because this is going to be a great episode. You're not going to want to stop. Um also, we got Robert Kiyosaki coming up on the podcast. If you haven't heard uh, the news yet, um, man, I'm telling you, make sure you hit that subscribe button because you're going to want to see listen to this podcast. That one's a great one. And you also might want to hit up the Facebook group uh, because we're going to be releasing the video of that as well. All right. Um, so, yeah, definitely want to catch that. Um, and, yeah, man, I hope you guys are having a great time out there. Wishing you the best of luck and a lot of prosperity for 2019. Let's start the show. Hey, hey, Freedom Fighters. Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. I've got Ryan Matthews here. He is the man. You have to hear his stories about not only motivation and the will to win, but creative deals. I have never heard of I've never heard of deals any more creative than this guy has told me. So I'm super excited to bring him on. What's going on, Ryan? How are you doing? Oh man, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks so much, Michael. I'm really looking forward to providing a lot of value to your audience. Oh, you definitely are. There's no question in that, man. I know these guys are going to get so much value from this, and I'm excited to talk to you again. So this is this is great. But uh, I want to introduce Ryan real quick. He is the CEO and founder of World of Dog Training, which is an online training course. Can you believe it? That's incredible, <laughs> right? And he's also the co-founder of Peace of, C- uh, Peace of Mind CBD, right? That's yeah, right. You're right. I didn't want to mess that up. All right, cool. But, uh, <laughs> but you got you to check this guy's story out. Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about your background and, uh, and, and uh, yeah, where you are today? Sure. So if I understand correctly, a lot of your audience is military and veterans, right? That's correct. Awesome, man. So I am also an Army veteran. I was an explosive canine handler in the Army for six years. Word. Man, that's now, cool. Six years. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah don't, don't let me stop you. I'm just six <laughs> years, man. I mean, that's, dealing with dogs for six years, canines, especially those aggressive ones. I remember seeing, I was on my last deployment and I remember seeing this uh, canine trainer and they were doing the testing and he was uh-huh. like, you know, pulling his arm and running around all over the place and they were turning. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that, that stuff's fun, man. That's We call that bite protection training. Okay. And it's usually a guy wearing a big suit or maybe a bite sleeve on their arm and what we're doing is we're just, you know, it's really play for the dogs. Some are pretty hardcore, but for a lot of dogs, they view it as play. That's and cool. Yeah, we're just capitalizing on the dog's prey drive. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
Some of them get aggressive, man. That's so crazy, man. (laughs) I I guess I grew up with this fear of dogs as a kid. So to me, seeing people do that and seeing people train dogs is impressive. I just, I think that's incredible. It's not all that uncommon. I would imagine you were probably bit or closely bit by a dog as a little guy. Uh, Not really. No, No? I I guess, I guess I had an innate fear of them. Um, I know one of, one of my, I'm not going to call him a friend. I don't know, right? When you're that young. But uh, one of the guys, he got mad at me because I beat him in a basketball game. And he <laughs> sent his dog after me. It was like, okay. Oh, they see? There it is. <laughs> yeah. There so, is. so, yeah, it was that. But no, oh, whatever. <laughs> one of my business partners it was actually afraid of dogs as well. And he's big into like, let me face my fears. So he actually ended up becoming a dog trainer because his fear was so strong uh, of dogs. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good now. Man. My journey, yeah, good for him. <laughs> Not for me, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> my, you know, my journey, Michael, of a dog trainer, it, it didn't really begin very conventional, uh, or even my journey of joining the military. Really, I was a drug dealer in high school, and I was wow. involved in a drug deal that had gone bad, where my own friend tried to rob me of my own drugs. Oh, wow. And, you know, my brother taught me a little bit about the streets, and he taught me that you never trust anyone in the drug game. And that meant that I always always had a weapon on me. Well, in this instance, it was a knife. And when the guy tried to rob me, I tried to stab him while I tried to take the stash that was under his shirt. But when I did that, I ended up stabbing myself and nearly cutting my finger off. And that's why you can see my fingers bent uh, because- What? The, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, man. So wow. look, I, so I wasn't really cut out for all that, you know, criminal stuff so much. And I was really trying to be the person that I thought I needed to be. Message. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but this guy is like a few days later, he calls me at my work and he's like, we're going to blow your head off with a shotgun when we find you. And man, that's when I was Yo. like, <laughs> that's when I was like, you know, my brother was doing like, I think a 10 year bid at the time and, uh, you know, locked up. So I was like, you know. I'm going to do whatever sane person would do, man. I'm just going to run. So I straight did the coward thing. Okay. I ran and I joined the army and I said, give me two things. Give me overseas so I could be far away from California and give me a military police to for- force me to clean my act up. And that's what I did. So that's how I joined. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, man, good to go. <laughs> if that's if that's what you got to do to get yourself out of a bad situation, man, you know, you did it and here you are now and you're successful from it. So that's testament, yeah. man. Wow. Oh, my God, dude. That's a hell of a story. The crazy <laughs> part was, you know, I was the drug dealer as a teenager and then a few years passed and now I'm the, the canine handler working a drug dog. You know, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that is so ironic, man. That's crazy, dude. Wow. I didn't, I'm, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that's amazing. So yeah. yeah. So now here you are looking at it from the other side. And I'm sure, you know, you have so much uh, invaluable experience there. And is it weird? Like when you, uh, I guess when you make those drug busts, I, I'm sure you probably have, right? Yeah. You know, Surprisingly, a lot of my my job was to search barracks and to search vehicles at TCPs, right. traffic control points, and we didn't have a lot of fines. But okay. yeah, you know, I and you know, to be fair, I really got stuck in the ego, man, because I had this newfound authority. So I thought, mm. and especially as an explosive canine handler, like I remember doing the bomb threat sweep at a Walmart when someone right. called in a bomb threat. 
Now, okay. when I get there, man, I'm telling because the local civilian police department didn't have an explosive dog. So they called the army. So I show up and I'm dictating the whole scene. I'm telling police what I need them to do. I'm telling <laughs> these people what I need them to do. Oh, and man. So it kind of blew my head up really big. And, you know, life has an interesting way of humbling us at times. And, you know, I have been humbled many times. So, um, yep. but yeah. No, oh, man, that's crazy. Well, hey, man, it is what it is, right? You know, you learn from the experiences and you keep rolling, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm a little bit of a slow learner, so it's taken me a little bit longer to learn things than other life lessons than others have. Yeah. But, you know, you, you know get what? there eventually, man. You get there eventually, exactly. Yeah. Everyone has their own journey, and that's what it's all about, right? It's the journey. Yeah. That's yeah. what's up, man. Okay, cool. So tell us about how you got started into uh, into professional dog training. I mean, so you're right. in the military, but how, right. how did it happen on the outside? Okay, so when I got out of the Army, I took a contract job to work <laughs> a drug dog in the Marshall Islands. Now, this is Kwajalein Atoll, and a lot of people don't know about it, but Kwajalein Atoll is in the South Pacific between Hawaii and Australia. And our island was three miles long and half a mile wide. and Wow. Yeah, and on that island, super small. It is crazy small. And on that island, I met the most beautiful woman on the island. She looked like a Rihanna, but even prettier. Oh, and man. she she had the voice of an angel, and she was on American Idol. And wait, I, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really, and she was on American Idol. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah. Okay. Oh cool. <laughs> and and I was like, you know, that's who uh, that's who I want to be with. As soon as I saw her, now. Eventually, my time in the island was done, and she moved to Colorado, and I moved back to Cali, but we did a long-distance relationship. Now, all this will tie into how I became a dog trainer as a civilian. Now, we meet in Utah, and there's not much to do in Utah except for hike and maybe ride mountain bikes or rent ATVs, and that's what we did. Now, keep in mind, you know, I was just in the war, and I've always liked adrenaline, so, of course, we're going to run an ATV, get the excitement and adrenaline going. And she was on the back of the ATV, and I was driving it. And I remember driving pretty fast, and we both were really having fun with the speed. Right. And I remember seeing on the speedometer, 5'2", for 52 miles per hour. And I'm going 52 mm. miles per hour around a loose gravel curve. Mm. And I lost control. Oh, and no. I yelled jump to try to land onto the trail. While she stayed on the back of the ATV holding onto the bars, I flew over the handlebars, rolled down the mountain, cracked my helmet on a boulder, and I woke up choking up water. And eventually I was able to find her. She was pinned under the ATV against the tree. And because of the incline, I wasn't able to get the ATV off of her. And I had to look into her eyes and tell her I needed to go and get help. Of course, we're in the middle of nowhere, so I couldn't call any emergency services. And I remember tracking the time. It took me 45 minutes to go and get help. Now, this woman ended up having 12 broken bones, a collapsed lung, a punctured kidney. I mean, talk about a warrior. She is a warrior. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the fact that she's still alive. So she had to get a flight for life, and they gave her eight units of blood for our medics out there, they know that's almost the whole supply of blood. Jesus. So I moved to Colorado to help her nurse her back to health, mm-hmm. health and her back to her old self. And 
it, and it was rough. It was so tough for her. And she was walking with a cane, but her will to, to, you know, get back to being her old self was so strong that she was able to do so. So I moved to Colorado Amen. to be with this woman and help her out. <clears throat> and that's how I was like, you know, what am I going to do for money? And I bought into a dog training franchise. And believe it or not, within the first two years, I made close to a million dollars training pet dogs. The first two years? Yeah. Get out of here, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. And, you know, part of the magic was the demonstration, right? So in sales, if we can demonstrate, man, highly, highly effective as far as a conversion. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's big on sales. That's true. Yeah. And was this, was it virtual at that point or was it all like face-to-face? It was the latter. It was face-to-face. So what we did was we would say, and this wasn't a scam. We legitimately offered it and wanted to follow through, but it was $1,200 for as many lessons as you wanted for the life of your dog, 1200 bucks. Now, our system was so quick and still is that it only took three to four lessons face-to-face and your dog would be off-leash around distractions and people are happy. Three to four lessons. So their perceived value is for you know a 10-year investment. And so we, my sales conversion, depending upon the month, was about 70 to 80%. That's impressive, man. Did you ever and have clients that came back after those lessons to, uh, to ask? For that would probably be like, you know, one to 5% people were wanted to just keep getting lesson after lesson after lesson. But that's awesome though. I mean, because your service was there, you provided it. However, your system was so effective that it wasn't necessary. So that's, right. that's impressive, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) Now, I no longer do that model. I only work with a few exclusive people per month because what happened, Michael, is I nearly worked myself into the grave Mm. uh, because I was trading my time for money. And that's not a passive income model at all. Right. That's true. And that's why we're doing this new online stuff. And it's, it's just, you know, really not everybody can afford 1200 bucks. So rather 30, 37 bucks a month. And then you just learn whatever you want through video. Okay. And that works. Yeah. And that works out fine. And, and people don't need to go anywhere. They can do it right from the comfort of their home and teach Rover some tricks or whatever. Right. (laughs) That's That's right. That's it. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Ah, Man. So what gave you the idea to take it online? Like what was, what was the, um, the, I guess the, the thought process that led up to, Hey, I need to stop working for my money. Let my money work for me. It was all born through way of frustration, really. Because at the peak of my dog training career, you know, I again made close to that million bucks. I had commercials on TV. I had a huge facility on a major road with a lot of cars passing by. And at the same time, I was working all the time. I took no days off. And, you know, really, the world, the universe, whatever you want to call it, higher power, has a way of, again, humbling us. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that I was invisible. Well, at the age of 30, this is in 2011, I ended up having stage three colon cancer. Oh, wow. And I attribute this to me not taking care of my health, to me mm-hmm. being a workaholic, trying to silence the voice of PTSD in my head. Mm-hmm. And because of those grudges that I had that I never made right uh, throughout my years. And so I had you know, went through the chemotherapy. And after my first chemotherapy session, I had a heart attack on the 4th of July. Wow. Yeah. Dang, man. 
Now you are again, a warrior, bro. <laughs> I'm warrior you are and a warrior, man. That's impressive, dog. And stubborn because I went back to work a month after a heart attack. And you you are, don't do that. You went right back to work. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> what? So look, people, you got to take care of yourself, right? And you know, all I was trying to do was just silence all these negative things in my head. And I just work, 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 and the money helped, right. and that was kind of the gratification. And you know, there's so much more to life than just that. Though I still love so it, I still much. grind, I still grind. But I'll take time off now. And whereas before, I, I wouldn't yeah. take any time off. And now I, you know, that's part of us to be, you know, very peak performance kind of thing mm. for work. And so, anyways, I go back to work, which was which was really foolish, and obviously, it was the worst mistake of my life. Mm. because, you know, I didn't really address my physical well-being. I didn't address my mental well-being. And, again, at my facility, my dog had a small cut on her paw, and she kept licking it. And I was thinking that the little cut needs to dry so that it, and it can heal. So I put a muzzle on her, and I thought, then now she can't lick it. But when I did that, she charged me. And when she charged me, I overreacted, and I threw her numerous times again. I find that a lot of aggression is really stemmed from fear. And that's where I was experiencing this fear. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. So I tossed her numerous times when she tries to come after me and I even struck her and she sustained no injuries. My office manager turned me in for animal cruelty. And really? this was, this was caught on tape. I had cameras in my own facility mm. and I hired an attorney and the attorney's like, don't worry, you'll never go to jail for this. But then within 24 hours, the media got a hold of the story. And I was on the front page of the newspaper. In fact, I remember my ex-wife used to grab and steal the newspapers from our neighbors so they wouldn't see my face on the front page. Mm. And the news would go to my trial. And my, the, it was all over the news nationwide. And I did go to jail. I lost the business. I still sold it for six figures because the numbers were so good. Uh, and I, but most importantly, I lost my dog. Even though the Humane Society veterinarian said through an evaluation and assessment that there was no injury sustained to the dog. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, <clears throat> that's what I had to accept. And wow. in all of that, I hid from the entire world for five years. Wow, man. That's deep. Meaning, like I did nothing with my life. As in, right. maybe I would leave the house, likely not. And I really was just occupying space. Mm -hmm. And then all that came to a change when just a couple of years ago, again, all of those three things happened in May of 2000, or sorry, in three months in 2011, within three months of each other. Mm. Now, just two and a half years ago, I thought I was having another near-death experience. And I felt like I was going to slip out of consciousness and maybe pass out, but I didn't know. Was I, if I was passing out, could die for good. And this panic set in where I was like, you know what? I've been wasting my life. And there's so much more that I still need and want to do. And I haven't done it. And it's too late. And it felt so horrible to know that. And I reached out to a higher power and I begged for another chance at life. And I promised, I said, if I can have another chance, I promise I will transform myself. I will do the work. And after this, I'll help and serve other people. And that's what I did, man. For the past two and a half years, wow. Michael, I just seeked out a variety of modalities of healing. 
And now I want to share with others how I've done it because trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter. PTSD comes in many forms. Now I just want to mm. help others so that they don't have to go through the pain that I had. Dude, that's, that's powerful, man. And yeah. that's such an amazing message. Like, I mean, I can't, I can't honestly say that I've met someone that's been through as much, you know, and there's always like someone that has been through more, you know, there's, there's always that. Right. But I mean, yeah. Super powerful. I mean, from from the setbacks you've had and how you've rebounded and come back, man, and and an amazing message. And I think that's valuable for everyone in regardless of what you go through. You know, it's not what you go through, it's what you do today, right? To make right. it better, right? To make someone else's life better, right? To serve. And that's right. service doesn't stop, man. It doesn't right. stop. So wow, man. That's incredible, Ryan. Thank you so much for that message. And thank you for your transparency too. Not everyone yeah. has the courage to get on here and, and to be as transparent as you have, man. That's, that's amazing. Well, it's crazy, Michael, what being in silence for five years can do. And really, I just yeah. had enough. And, you know, I feel as though it's my duty to share this with others. And I feel like each of us has a duty to share our gifts, our experiences with others, if they can benefit. If we could essentially learn an easier way than the hard stuff that I had to go through. I feel as though it's our duty. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. You know, and we, we all have, it was like each one teach one, right? That's, that's, that's right. that phrase. Yeah. Each one teach one. We all have that's that right. responsibility in life to pick others up around us, you know, encourage them and, and move on, man. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So can you tell us, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate investing. I want to, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about some of these creative deals that you've, you've been able sure. to do, man. It's crazy. First of all, I got a lot of love and respect for your audience because I think I don't know them, but I know they're brilliant because they've understand the value of real estate. And I don't claim to be like this profound investor, but I do claim to be a problem solver and extremely creative. Okay. And I have, you know, I didn't come from a lot of money. Um, but I'm part Native American. And so for me, I have a view of like, hey, our land was taken being Native American. So for me, it's common sense. Land is very valuable. So let me <laughs> occupy as much land as I can. Like it's really, really simple. <laughs> there you and, go. Right? Like just break it down very basic. And really how I got into it was Robert Kiyosaki. I got a few of his books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, OPM, these kinds of things, other people's money. And that's how I got into it. And I began to really understand if you want to have great wealth, part of that pie is absolutely real estate. Yes, and is. now I, I ha again, I haven't been crazy rich. Yet. I made close to that million bucks, um, but I was in hiding for five years, right? With mm. no income. So I had to come up with really creative ways on how can I build my empire gradually. And so here's what I did. I began to see how can I leverage the existing resources that I have, which would be like a skill set, which is you know dog training, so I could maybe do some trading there. But I have a thing for vehicles. I'm in California, and we kind of like our cars out here. Of course so you do. A, I've always been into cars, right? <laughs> yep. But I remember my ex-wife was like, you got five cars. Like, why do you, you don't need five cars? And the neighbors think you're a drug dealer. And at that point, I definitely wasn't doing those kinds of things. Well, I'm like, okay, you got a point. So I began to leverage what can I do with these cars? I don't necessarily need the cash. So I began to research Craigslist under barter. And I found various opportunities where I could trade my vehicles for land. 
Wow. <laughs> you hear that, guys? Take notes on this, all right? This is where you definitely need to start taking some serious notes. Please, man, please walk us through that first transaction that you did because this is absolutely crazy. A car for land. What? Or, a mo- or even a motorcycle. I got, I got, an, I, where was it? I got, I got land in Big Bear for a motorcycle. So what was it like talking to this person and saying, Hey, sir. Hey, ma'am. Or whoever it was, right? Do you want this car? I will trade you for your land. What was that like? That's right. Right. So what I did was the first thing that I wanted to to get off my hands was a F three fifty truck and a thirty eight foot RV. Okay. That I didn't. I didn't have a use for anymore. So I began to search who may be interested in what I got, and. You know, I'm a big believer in like things work out the way they're supposed to. And if your desire is very strong for something and your intentions are pure and good, opportunities will present themselves. Yes, they will. So I found an opportunity where this guy wanted some, a truck and an RV and he had some land in Tennessee. Now I was also open to trading for like gold or something like that. Right. But it's just land has been my sweet spot. It seems right. Well, I call this gentleman and he says, I got some land in Tennessee. What do you know about Tennessee? I was like, I don't know anything. I'm a West Coast guy. He said, I want you to research Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And I did. And I found out that that area has 9 to 11 11 million visitors annually to visit the Smoky Mountains. And I went and visited that area and I fell in love with how green it was. and It's just beautiful. There's great energy in that land. Yeah, I've heard it so good. It is. Mm. And, but I looked at the land and I brought a developer, which I don't know anything about real estate developing, but I'm a big believer in this, guys. If you're not an expert, surround yourself with those that are so yes. you can make well-informed decisions. Yeah. So I, I brought a developer and this developer is like, hey, man, definitely do not consider this land. It's way too steep. It's going to cost you three times the amount of money to build here. I said, no problem, but I know I'm going to have something here now. Right? So. I never let go of that area and I continue to search and search and search. And I also have this eye where I can see potential in a human being and a business and real estate and it's self-taught. It's almost intuitive where I don't look at how this thing sucks. I see the bones and what it could be. Mm. And I, I have a bigger vision and I don't even care what it is now. I look at what it can become and what we can grow this to. And that's what I've been able to do. So I was able to buy a property out there for not too much, um, just a little over 100K. And it wasn't all that beautiful and it required some money to invest in it. But I saw that potential. Now, that still leaves us with that truck and RV because I didn't trade it with the Tennessee land. However, there was another gentleman that had three acres in North Carolina, five miles from the ocean. And he was looking for a truck and RV for his son. And I met up with this guy, and he was really sold on what I had. And I checked, I actually didn't even check out the land. I just did Google Earth. And I was able to trade $75,000 worth of land for my truck and RV. Now, my RV was like a 1998, and my truck was like a 2002 F350. And so that was a really good deal. That was for a really me, good deal for you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nice. Yeah. How, how big was that land? Uh, it's each lot is a little over an acre. Wow. It's a a total of three acres, three different lots. Okay. 
Dang, yeah. man. Three acres for a truck and an RV, man. That's yeah. awesome. That's impressive. Now, now, if you remember, I was in that ATV accident. Now, mm. because of that accident, I'm not going to lie, guys. I was afraid of ATVs because I thought they'd kill me. And I thought, yeah. and I was also That's afraid crazy. of motorcycles. But as I learned from my business partner, you don't avoid your fears. You face them. Yeah. So I, I committed that I was going to learn how to ride a motorcycle to overcome my fear of the ATV. So I bought a motorcycle and it sat for a few years. And eventually I decided, you know what, I'm going to do the lessons and I learned how to ride. And I rode for six months and it was a nice custom bike. And I was like, you know what, I'm done. I want to get rid of it. And again, I didn't need the cash. So I'm like, well, now what can I do with this motorcycle? So I began to search Craigslist again. Wow. And I ended up trading a lot for the motorcycle. And then I found out who the owner of two adjoining lots were. And I bought an uh, adjoining lot, the next from the neighbor. So now I have a little bit more land right there side by side. So with a little bit of cash and a motorcycle, I got two lots out there in Big Bear, which is a nice uh, vacation area in Southern California. Wow, man. Oh, my God, dude. Okay. So everyone listening to this, right, especially all you young enlisted out there that have these fancy cars that you know you don't need. All right. That's right. Take a look on Craigslist and see how much land you can get for trading and trading value. All right. Cause that's impressive, man. Wow. <laughs> you so, wouldn't, that's, awesome. that's right. So just I'm be sorry, hungry. Right? Yeah. I just want everybody be hungry and look, don't think about how the deal can't go through. Think about how it can go through. Right. Why not? And just ask who cares. So what they're going to tell you, no, it's okay. Eventually the, the no and the rejection don't feel so bad, but just keep putting yourselves out there. And eventually you're going to find those gem deals. And that's what I hold out for is I only want to do deals where it's like, it's a really incredible deal. And I also look for win-win. So I don't really believe in taking advantage of people rather like maybe we can help someone that's in a bad position and we can up level them and they help us out. That's really the kind of deals that, that I prefer now. Now in my twenties, I wasn't that way. In, in my 20s, I was always looking out for myself and I'm like, you know, how can I come up? Right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, these are the lessons you learn in life, right? And That's right. I, unfortunately, for something like we were saying, it takes us longer than it is for others. Trust me, man, I'm in that boat. So yeah. if, I had, uh, <laughs> if I learned anything, you know, while my grandfather was driving me around looking at properties when I was young, I was oh, in the cool. back playing my Game Boy, man. I wasn't even paying attention. I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, it looks nice. Let me catch this Pokemon real quick. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, flash forward now 20 years later, and now here I'm, I'm actually in love with real estate investing when I could have started so much earlier. But it is what it is. You know, it's life, man. You just learn. Yeah. Whatever the yeah. lesson is, you learn You learn it when you're when you're ready to learn, right? The uh, yeah. student, I, I can't remember, but it's the student is ready to learn when when he's ready to hear or I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm yeah, that makes sense too. Something like that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm terrible when it comes to things like that, guys, but make sure you guys are taking notes. Brian has got so much awesome wisdom, man. Thank you so much for, uh, for sharing. It's been great, man. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy gonna, to do it. Yeah, no, this is amazing, but I got to take you into the bonus round. All right. I take everyone through this bonus round. So I got three questions. All right. Uh, what is your favorite book? I'm trying to think about my favorite book for your audience. 48 Laws of Power. I really like that book. Okay. Green. 48 Laws of Power, huh? Yeah. I've never and, heard. And I'm about to go through some training 
where I'm going to be a mentor for some combat vets. And I'm reading a book called The Fourfold Way. The and Fourfold I'm really, Way? Okay. So my favorite book is actually the one I'm reading right now, The Fourfold Way. Okay. Yeah, no, so, I, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, it's kind of related to um, healing and those that have been through some trauma and that kind of stuff. But it's really mm-hmm. some incredible stuff for us all to kind of up-level no matter where we're at. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. All right, man. And those will be uploaded in the show notes, guys. So make sure you check it out. All right. All right. Question number two, who is your biggest hero and why? You know, my biggest hero would be my grandmother because she's been the only constant in my life. You know, I was kicked out of the, kicked out of the house as a teenager. Mm. Um, My mom didn't always do what she say what she would do. And my grandmother has been the one to show me how to show up as a solid human being and how to treat others. And so she, she has been that solid without her, man, I would, I would, I'd be locked up or dead. I'm pretty sure of it. Wow. Wow, man. Well, what an incredible woman to produce an incredible man. So there you go, man. That's awesome. Absolutely. All right. So uh, last question, if you had three nuggets, right, for those who are out there looking to get started in real estate investing, what would you, what would you tell them? I would tell them that if you want to build wealth, it's non-negotiable. This is a must. If we look at some of the most influential and wealthy people, they're doing it with real estate. But it's important to also understand that we need to set goals because if we don't really set goals and we're just saying, oh, I want to have you know, a few properties, the more detailed we can be and specific about our goals, it becomes more real. Amen. In fact, and, and also look at why do I want this? Is it out of greed? So I'd encourage you to set your goals and be very specific with whatever it is. I'm talking about I'm going, to cre- I'm going to get five properties this year, which is going to bring in you know, $10,532.12 per month, something like that. Okay. And it's crazy, right? Damon John does Let's this. Do it. Damon John does this, right? And the more, the more specific you are, it really means you're believing it more so and you're taking it more serious versus, yeah, about 5K, 7K a month, right? No, no, no. Very specific. Very specific goals would be one. The other part is, Look, guys, this system works. We're all going to be wealthy. A lot of us are wealthy now. But what are we going to do with it? So I'd encourage each of us, let's be very selfless with our wealth, and let's do good for others as well with it. So we're going to get the cash. That's no question. We're going to, we're no going to question about that. That's, right. that's real estate's been proven time and time again. But then what are we going to do? We're going to buy – how many jets do we need? How many cars do we need? Like let's do something where we can positively impact other lives with our wealth. So think about what good are you going to do with your wealth, whatever that looks like. And I'd encourage you do something that's near and dear to your heart. Maybe if it's something you were really passionate about as a kid. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. No, thank you so much for that wisdom. Really appreciate it. I mean, I know that these guys are definitely take some crazy notes with, you know, creative financing on deals for sure. But even just learning more about the determination, right? And that will, that no giving up attitude and that overcoming, you know, setbacks. That's impressive too, man. And, uh, and where, where can I got, where can our guys go and connect with you, Ryan? Sure. On social, it's I am Ryan Matthews. I am Ryan Matthews with two T's. And if anybody's on Facebook Messenger, I have a chat bot where you can get a bunch of free dog training stuff. 
It's m as in Mike dot me, M-E, forward slash world of dog training. M dot me forward slash world of dog training. All right. Awesome. Well, make sure you guys check that out. All that will be in the show notes page as well. So you can just scroll down and press a nice little quick uh, click and you'll get there. All right. And Ryan, thank you so much again for your time, man. Really appreciate you being on this podcast and sharing your message. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. You too. Take care. All right. All right. Man, that was an amazing episode. God, so powerful. Thanks so much, Ryan, for being on the show. Really appreciate your time. And hey, if you haven't checked out www.activitypassiveincome.com yet, check out our site. We've made some changes and it looks great. We also got a launch for a rapid deploy program, which is our coaching program, and it's going to close here very soon. This is an introductory price, and I'm telling you, there's no way that you're going to see something this valuable for this cheap, all right? I promise you, because as soon as we close it, we're closing it for a little bit so we can mentor the folks that we've got in it already, and then we will re-release it for a little more than double the price. So uh, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if you guys are ready to get a property, if you need some help and need some, uh, some uh, motivation, make sure that you check this program out because you do not want to miss it while it's open, all right, guys? Thanks again. I will catch you guys on the flip side. Bye.